0: I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck. And this is Playing Playing With Science. Science. Today we head for the beach and we are so amped. Yes, we are. We may shoot the curl we might have to bail. We will probably get mullered. And if you understand any of that, you then are no
1: Barney. (laughs) Dude. That's the only surfer term I know. You know, helping us to stay away from the gnarly stuff and steer us to the serious science of the big waves is William Patzert, oceanographer at NASA and super cool surfer dude himself from California. Then we go all pro with professional surfer and big wave champion Paige Alms, who is based in Maui. Yeah. I don't like her already. Isn't that cool? Right. There are few sites in sport
0: that are as awesome as seeing a surfer take on the big waves, make that huge descent, and then emerge through the barrel. It is breathtaking and possibly the most fun you can have with physics. And when I say awesome, I don't mean it in that cliched way. I actually really mean it is awesome.
1: Yeah. It is. It's a beautiful thing to behold to watch somebody drop in and ride a wave and shoot the curl and come out at the end of that barrel and stand up. It really looks like a human being triumphing over the entire ocean. Take that, Mother Nature.
0: Albeit temporarily, because we don't like to upset her. That's for sure. She does have a temper.
1: Mm -hmm. So introduce our new best friend. Our new best friend is Mr. Bill Patzert, who is a NASA oceanographer and a former surfer. Oh, I don't know. Should I say former? Bill, welcome to the show. And do you still surf, my friend?
2: Okay. Aloha, dudes. Uh, Aloha. You know, I could have been, I should have been a contender, but... (laughs) I spent too much time in the classroom, got my PhD, but uh, I've been surfing now for over 50 years. Way A lot of surfing. Take a bow, sir. Wow. That's
0: fabulous.
1: That is amazing.
0: So that's a lifelong surfing career, really. You you seem to have a unique approach on the sport of surfing, being an oceanographer. So has it been an advantage to have this, I'll call it inside knowledge, of the oceans, as regards to getting the best out of your surfing?
2: Well, you know, the the answer to that, of of course, is yes and no. You know, uh, it's one thing to know the physics, but it's another thing to be a great surfer. Hmm. uh, All world-class athletes, either you have it or you don't. And uh, I I definitely did not have it, all right? (laughs) All right.
0: Modesty is, we appreciate some modesty. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what would be what would be the the biggest wave you actually claim to have surfed?
2: Well, uh, you know, back in the sixties, the early seventies, uh, I lived in Hawaii. I was at graduate school at the University of Hawaii, and uh-huh. uh, the, the schedule was: you'd get up before dawn, if mm-hmm. the surf was up, head for the North Shore. You know, either uh, Sunset Beach or Makaha. That's right. Uh, the You know, I can remember paddling out and all of a sudden finding myself looking down the face of a 25-foot wave and thinking, what the hell am I doing here, all right? And so I definitely met, almost met my maker, but, uh, you know, it was exciting. It was exhilarating, and I actually dropped in and wiped out, and that was
1: it. (laughs) Was that the extent of your big wave surfing career right there? (laughs) (laughs)
0: something something you said about you going out to sunset beach pre-dawn made me think because we're going to get on to where we find the biggest waves in the world but you said all of a sudden instantly a 25 foot wave pops up now there's got to be a reason why all of a sudden a wave that wasn't there is there in an instant
2: well you know the uh, great waves in in the in the world are Really a, a question of uh, where the great storms develop, which uh, build these great waves as they travel across the world's oceans. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, in uh, California, what comes to mind is uh, the, the great Mavericks swell uh, north of San Francisco where waves reach 50 feet. Wow. Yeah. But, yeah. That definitely separates the, uh, the girls from the women and the boys from the men. And, of course, Hawaii is very famous. Uh, Waimea Bay, when Waimea Bay closes out on a huge day, spectacular, 50 to 60-foot waves. But, uh, you know, there are different places, Tahiti, South Africa, even in the Atlantic. Australia is famous for its big waves. There are even great waves that form offshore, away from the continents, that – are, are are totally phenomenal so uh there are these unique locations around the world and uh, kelly slater will be able to tell you about that
1: absolutely and and from a from a, a a standpoint of uh oceanography what causes the waves to form simply
2: it's the wind blowing across the sea surface that develops these waves now for large waves there are three factors. A great storm in the North Pacific, how long that storm blows and continues to develop. Mm -hmm. The strength of the storm, you know, sometimes you get winds 100, 200 miles an hour.
3: Oh, wow.
2: And then how large an area. So that's the duration, the strength, and the fetch of the storm. And and now, of course, with uh, here at NASA, with the advent of satellite technology, we monitor these storms all over the world. We can watch them develop, strengthen, see how long they last, like with the giant hurricanes, a yeah. couple of weeks. All right? And using models, we can actually forecast how large and when these giant waves will arrive at various locations across the planet.
0: Wow. So you, your phone rings or you get an email from basically all the top surfers in the world who want to ride the big stuff.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. So these guys are definitely tuned in to wave forecasting websites. So, you know, you can get on your iPhone and look at where the giant waves are going to arrive, whether it's California, Tahiti, Australia, you know, these are these waves are the great what I call the great world travelers. Yeah. They travel yeah. all the way from the Southern Ocean around Antarctica, all the way to California, mm-hmm. and we can forecast these waves almost a week ahead of time.
1: Wow, that's got to, that's a surfer's dream. You have a whole week and you and, and, and to get there and 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 are they are they are they ever disappointed to you ever like you know hey, you're looking at 30-footers and 40-footers, and you end up with, you know, five-footers. Does that ever happen?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, of course, you know, like all great forecasters, they blow a forecast. But uh, what they these models, what they do is they take the information from these great storms and they feed it into models. And then at different locations across the planet, they actually have – these buoys out in the ocean that measure the waves. Oh. And so you can update the model, all right, to verify it.
1: That's super cool, man. So uh, let me ask you this so switching gears just a, a little bit. Um, it, back to you being a surfer, what makes a good wave?
2: Well, you know, these great storms, they generate waves of many wavelengths from, you know, a few inches or a few centimeters up to waves that have three to four hundred feet of wavelength. Mm -hmm. Now, the interesting thing about waves is that depending on the wavelength, the length between the peaks and a big swell, the longer wavelengths travel faster. And so the first of waves to arrive from a giant storm are usually these very small, um, smooth long period waves, right? The precursors. And of course, these are the waves that surfers love. You get essentially anywhere between 15 and 25 seconds between the peaks. And if the storm is large enough, these great swells can generate waves anywhere between 10, 25, 30, even 40 foot waves. And of course, the uh, the real surfers, the guys that and the gals that live the sport, these are the waves they love. They're smooth, mm-hmm. have one large wavelength, and uh, and of course, as they hit, these these are the waves that uh, definitely all surfers live for. And uh, but. That is interesting that waves, the longer waves travel faster. And so usually they're the first to arrive, followed the next day, usually by uh, what we call storm surf, which is mixed surf of uh-huh. all different wavelengths. Yeah. Okay. Many surfers call slop. Slop. Yeah. yeah. And so the, what you want are these long period waves that are the first arriving waves. Gotcha. So it's a it's a small window of opportunity if it's only going to
0: last a day or so.
2: Yes, the, the you know, the, the best waves are usually less than one day. And you're going to you could
0: travel half of the way around the world or further just for one oh, yeah, day I, I, on the I, uh, board.
2: I have forecasted waves. These waves, of course, I call them great travelers. Mm. They travel across what we call great circles which is the shortest distance from one place to another. But I've seen great storms in the Indian Ocean. And more than a week later, they arrive on the coast
1: of California. And so these are truly world travelers. Wow. Wow. And that's from the the same uh, weather system, the same storm that created that, that one wave. And, 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 and that wave, so why is it that the waves, is, is it just a matter of inertia? Unless they're disrupted, they will continue to travel uh, around the world as long as they don't encounter any other force to, to stop them from being that wave?
2: Oh, yes, e- exactly. There are, there are cases, for instance, the great, a different kind of a wave is a tsunami wave. Yeah, yeah. And some of these great tsunami waves that were generated in the Indian Ocean, Mm-hmm. They were actually measured in California, and even in the Atlantic, and so these are truly wow. great, yeah, great world travelers.
1: That is amazing. And that is amazing. That uh, one single wave could could pretty much traverse the entire, almost the the whole planet. Yeah,
2: unbelievable. Now, the other interesting thing is is that sometimes you get giant storms in the northern hemisphere and giant storms in the Southern Hemisphere at the same time. And they can essentially merge and create even larger waves.
1: Oh, stop it, Bill. You're scaring me. Uh, You're scaring me, Bill. No, I like that. Wave sex. That's a little wave sex happening right there. See what you've done now? You've pressed that button in his head. Oh, man, you just Uh, made the ocean very sexy, my friend. (laughs) All right, Bill. um, While we hose Chuck down, we are going to take
0: a short break. When we come back more with Bill Patsert, our NASA oceanographer and lifelong surfer. Stick around. I'm sure there'll be more. None of that, Chuck. More brilliant news about surfing and the waves in the ocean. Stick around. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this, of course, is playing Playing with with science, science. but with a little bit of surf action thrown in. And we'll be talking surfing and wave science with NASA oceanographer Bill Patzert. And we like Bill because he's unlocked quite a few secrets for us so far. And you know
1: what? We're, We're not giving him his due. It's actually Doctor. I mean, I know. Sorry. I, no, no worries. We both did it. You know, I just wanted to yeah. make sure that people know that, you know, Bill is a PhD. We're not just talking to, you know, some guy who hang loose, who hangs loose on the beach and no. knows some surfing tips. This man uh, has all bases covered.
0: Okay, Bill, let's get into a little bit of ocean floor and how that can create the monster waves that we see from time to time in certain places around the globe.
1: And what's that place you were talking about Gary earlier uh, off off air people. Uh, Gary was talking about this place in Portugal? Yeah. Uh, Portugal's not possibly really on the on
0: the map of the big wave sort of thinking, but it has a unique set of circumstances under the under the sea. Oh, we're going to sing that song, but I won't. So <laughs> Dr. Bill, please explain why Nazaré on the west coast of Portugal is so special to the world of surfing, and in
2: particular, big waves. Well, earlier we talked a little bit about how these giant waves are uh, uh, generated by these giant storms, the duration, Mm -hmm. the the fetch, and then how they traveled across the planet. And of course, when they approached the coastline, there are many different kinds of coastline, but the waves Essentially, when they start to feel the ocean bottom, so now we're talking about geology, yeah. all right, is is that the bottom of the wave will get cut out from underneath, like having your legs cut out from underneath you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Top of the wave moves faster. And this can happen over many different kinds of topographies. can happen over, for instance, uh, when you have ocean canyons that come offshore or ridges on both sides of the canyon as Ooh. the wave feels it you can get these unique kinds of waves another kind of wave are the waves that break in the pacific like off hawaii and tahiti where they hit very rapidly a reef face yeah get these phenomenal waves which create these heavy heavy tubes that are so very photogenic yes mm-hmm. but uh, you know off nazir in portugal there is a a canyon and essentially it focuses the wave energy in such a way that giant either south atlantic or north atlantic storms as they approach the coast will create these gigantic waves now if i remember correctly i think the tallest wave that's ever been ridden was at nazir off the coast of portugal I forget the chap's name. Kelly might remember, but uh, See, I think Garrett it, McNamara. Yeah, I think it was a seventy-eight foot wave. Yeah, they estimated. Wow.
0: right? seventy-eight All feet. Days people, here. right? Hey, seventy-eight
1: uh, feet. It's a point. totally phenomenal video. And Maybe and so. and and how uh, d- w- were provisions made for his his family? That. <laughs> Did they did they do anything to help his family after he was taken from us? This young man who surfed this seventy eight foot wave.
2: Yes, spoken like a true Grammy man. <laughs> you don't believe her, yeah. Thank you, Bill. No, I love it. You, you know, a lot of people have been hurt surfing. You know. Including myself. We all made mistakes.
1: Yeah. 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 So no, really, you know, the, uh, this there guy, but not many fatalities. No, no, no. I, 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 that's why I can joke like that. Um, uh, because it's, it really isn't. And, and I'm sure he didn't die. Um, he didn't. Yeah. Um, um, so what is s- success when you uh, drop in on a 78 foot wave. I mean, do you shoot it and come out? And that, does that make it success? If you, if you, if you wipe out at all, is it still considered riding the wave? What is considered success when you're dropping in on a giant wave like that?
2: Well, for me personally, is being on the beach with that kind of a wave. I consider that success, you know?
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: we hear
1: you. Yeah, I say. <laughs> we hear you. But you see, if you're going to ride one of those waves, oh, Chuck's... Chuck's, Chuck's, Chuck's no, he, crossed me crossed off. Yeah. he yeah. caught me off guard with that one, That's I got to right. tell you. Yeah,
2: the three All of right. us sitting on the beach would be successful There Once you go. Hey, hey, you know what? You might but, as
1: well put some bikini-clad uh, women next to us while you're at it there, Bill.
2: Yeah, uh, dream on, you know. <laughs> the. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> the, you know, the, the, the men and women that live for these giant waves of course, is to drop in, you know. But they get towed in, don't they? Right up the face of that wave and make it out the other end. Right. But Bill, is it right
0: they get towed in because you can't paddle quick enough because these waves aren't moving at seven, eight miles an hour. They're moving closer to maybe 25 miles
2: per hour? Well, you know, that's, uh, you know, uh, Laird Hamilton, uh, essentially he pioneered these giant waves. Remember, the longer the wavelength, The faster the wave, right? Mm -hmm. So the the real trick, the physics of uh, large wave riding, is to be able to paddle fast enough to get into that wave, right? And some of these waves are just too powerful and too rapid. And so, Laird Hamilton, uh, he uh, pioneered this where they tow you in with a speedboat, yep, uh, water ski, and, uh, and and actually build enough. Velocity, where you can catch up with the wave and drop off the lip, Right. And so, you know, that's really state of the art. All right. Now, for some purists, that's not acceptable. Uh-huh. But, you know, I've seen uh, some really powerful surfers actually can drop into what other surfers have to be towed into. But, uh, you know, that changed big wave surfing, though, the tow end. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Hamilton and his buddies.
0: All right, so if I'm, because I'm now an all-pro sofa, just because I've spoken to you, I've absorbed all of that talent. If I'm going to ride a vertical face of a wave 60, 70 foot high, what sort of physics is keeping me and my scrawny backside on this board as I
1: descend? And what is keeping that board on that wave? Because when you look at some of these guys, like, like Gary said, it's almost like a vertical drop
3: it
2: is it is almost a vertical drop. Well, the physics are simple it is is that two things are working on a surfer. One is gravity, which tends to want to dump you into the water, and the other is buoyancy, which is your board, mm-hmm. which keeps you on top of the wave. And, and of course, it's a dance when you're on that board
0: mm-hmm. is
2: how to use the gravity against the buoyancy moving up and down the board all right to stay in the wave on the board and if you have to for instance switching from one side of the board or from the front of the board to the back of the board and so this is the great dance that all great surfers master so they've learned but- they've learned to
0: change the center of gravity on the board by this little dance that you say either left right or backwards and forwards Exactly. Amazing.
2: And and, and so, of course, with the great surfers, like with all great athletes, this becomes almost intuitive. Yeah. It is intuitive Mm. because it happens so rapidly, Mm -hmm. so rapidly. But uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, and and you can watch uh, these people when they ride these giant waves Mm -hmm. is is, uh, such a high velocity with so much water overhead and so much danger if you get wiped out how they uh, maintain their cool and maneuver on that board across the face of a 50-foot wave it's you know that's uh it's one of the great great athletic feats i think of any sport
1: speaking of uh tidal forces and big waves um uh, could you surf a tsunami because when Ooh. you look when you look at a tsunami l- like the terrible one that we saw um what was it in um Okay,
2: in uh, in
1: the Indian Ocean, in in the Indian, in the the Indian Ocean. Yeah. When you looked at the resorts where the where the wave came in, it didn't really look like like a surfing wave. It just looked like rising water, like Mm. relentless, unrelenting rising water. So my question is: is that how a tsunami works, or could you actually surf a tsunami?
2: Well, a tsunami is usually caused by a large scale displacement, usually. Near a coastline in the ocean.
1: right, Like an earthquake or something, right?
2: Whereas wind waves are at the surface of the ocean, tsunamis go from top to bottom. So in the open ocean, the tsunami is traveling at about 500 miles an hour. (gasps) Oh, get out. 500 miles an hour, dude. That's that's jet airplane speeds. That's amazing. And and it's it's only, uh, you know, a few inches high in the open ocean. Right. But as it approaches the coastline. And it starts to feel the bottom? Yes. That wave, all right, will slow down from 500 miles an hour. But when it comes ashore, it's at 50 to 75 miles an hour. So that's three times faster than a wind wave. Not only that, it's a wall of water. And whereas a wind wave might have a period between wave peaks of 20, 25 seconds. Right. A tsunami has a period of 20 to 30 minutes
1: ah, so
2: it's wow. never ending right. so we see it coming ashore it's coming ashore at 50 miles an hour wow. continuously for 45 minutes oh my goodness all right and so that's a tremendous amount of power and so you know that's a, a great myth that you're going to surf a tsunami
1: yeah. OK, gotcha. So, right. it, it, you know, and that's what you hear about when you hear people talk about tsunamis is like, oh, dude, I'm going to go out. I'm going to shred a tsunami. And it, like you say, it's just that's no, that's no, all not. for effect. That, yeah. that that just never is going to happen.
2: Yeah, the physics are all wrong. The, for physics, surf- are wrong. Awesome.
0: the physics are wrong. Awesome. Dude, that because, was amazing. Because you're a lifelong surfer, Bill, and you are a doctor, an oceanographer at NASA. What are your surf tips? If you had to give us one or two top surf tips, what would they be?
2: Well, the, the most important one is use sunscreen. All right. Smart move. <laughs> smart move.
1: Yeah. You know, that's See, he really mind. is a doctor. He really is yeah, a doctor.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Surfers, you know, I've been putting my dermatologist kids through college. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. So,
2: you know, I would have used a hell of a lot more uh, sunscreen. All right.
1: Right. Right. Right.
2: Right. And, uh, I would have been easier on my knees and my shoulders. All right. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Like all great aging athletes, uh, you know, my body parts are all wearing out now. And so what I look for now is I like a nice six foot day on my boogie board. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Plenty of sunscreen.
1: There you go. Plenty of sunscreen and enjoy the boogie board. That's uh, listen. I'll take that advice. Yeah, you know? I'm good with that. That's, that's about as that's about as uh, as much as I can do anyway. You know. Well,
2: you guys are still young and good looking. You know, so you know. Yeah. Uh, well, look at that yeah. zero. It's all a matter of opinion. I was going to say O oh for two ain't bad, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on board. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, man, this was really fun yeah. talking about this stuff. I learned some stuff too, which is awesome. Unlocking
0: the science behind a particular the physics behind surfing has been really quite an eye-opener so to bill Patzer from nasa as an oceanographer dr bill thank you so much
2: okay Uh, thanks it was a pleasure
0: we are going to take a break but please don't go away you've learned the science now stick around and find out what it's like to ride the big waves yes with the first female big wave world champion surfer Paige arms it won't get any better than this stick around see you shortly
3: reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing Uh, (laughs) that's definitely not a problem Uh, reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil
0: Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this, of course, is Playing With Science. And today, as you will know, because you've been listening all the way through, is surfing and the big waves. Bill Patsertz has given us all of the data and knowledge about why, how, where big waves go and come from. But really, there's only one thing we need, and that is what it's like to be on a board on a big wave. And for that, we need a surfer. And for that... We go to Paige Arms, who is not just a surfer, she is a professional surfer, but not just a professional surfer. She is the 2016 Women's Big Wave World Champion. Wow. Yes. Paige, welcome to Playing With Science.
5: Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, you are so
0: pleasure. welcome. Yeah. You, if I'm not mistaken, were the first female surfer ever to barrel
5: at Jaws.
0: How long ago was that?
5: That was almost three years ago. hmm Um, what an
0: incredible moment. How, how, when you emerge from that barrel, what were your immediate emotions?
5: I was in complete shock that it actually happened. (laughs) I had been dreaming about that wave and that moment for a very long time. And it was almost something kind of far-fetched at the time. Um, I'd been watching my friends who get barreled at Jaws quite often and just analyzing what they do and the waves that they choose and it just popped up and came to me and i knew right when the wave looked at me that it was the one and the one that i wanted i,
0: I read once when you you barrel that your nose drove it the nose of your board drove itself into the face of the wave now, there's got to be a reason why that's a good thing, because I'm thinking, I, I'm trying to get away from this wall of water, personally, so please explain how that kind of works.
5: Yeah, well, it's not just the nose, it's the whole rail line of the board. So All right. I was riding a 9 foot 4 inch board, which is about a foot shorter than what I'd say 90% of um, the lineup was on. And oh why did you
2: go
0: of, there? Why did you choose that in, when you obviously bucking the trend?
5: Um well it's what I felt comfortable on and it's a different board design that um my boyfriend and I have been working on. He's my my shaper. So All it's right. basically a shorter wider um board that's basically made for using the rail line of the board to kind of we say Um, knife into the water, which is basically cutting into the water at high speeds.
0: You're making me a surfer, dude, Paige. I'm learning all the language.
5: (laughs) Yeah, it's really, um, it's a more technical way of riding big waves than the standard hang on and ride the wave straight and go to the bottom. It's um, basically taking, riding a shortboard and doing this technical surfing that we do on smaller waves and taking it into big wave surfing. So, Basically, I just wrote a a smaller board that day and um, it was really clean and glassy. And um, that doesn't happen very often at Jaws. Usually there's a lot of wind and bump on the face of the waves. And um, that wave in particular let me in kind of, I would say, easier than most. And basically I describe it as the nose of my board pulling me down the face. It gave me uh, momentum and speed. Um, to bottom turn and come up into this huge cavern of a
0: bill. Wow. Has your style, shape, length of board become the norm? Have more surfers picked it up, or is it just something that works for you?
5: Um, well, there's quite a few of us riding shorter boards out there. I still, um, like the, the Jaws contest last winter was really windy and really challenging, and I ended up taking out my ten four, which is a board that I've ridden a lot out there. Um, so there's a time and a place for certain equipment. It's like skiing or snowboarding. You choose your, your boards and your tools for the day and the conditions, and for sure there's a lot more people going shorter just because of the curvature of the wave and how um, steep the takeoff is. A certain radius only fits in that curve, so if you're going on a 12 foot board on these waves that just doesn't fit in the curvature of the waves. So You've got the science down, yeah, haven't I was you? Say, yeah. You're, you're,
1: you're, so do <laughs> you, do you study the physics of waves? Uh, do surfers do that? Or is it something that's more intuitive because it's like, you know, you, you, you figure it out because you're experiencing it.
5: Um, I'd say a little bit of both. Like for sure. I know quite a lot about um, why waves break and where and all of that, but Definitely, I'd say I would lean more towards just the feeling of being in the ocean. The more time you spend out in the water, it almost becomes second nature. Like It's not even a thought process more, rather than just an action of knowing when a wave is coming or where to be. It's not, oh my gosh, am I in the wrong spot or do I need to be three feet more this way? You don't even think about it, you just do. So for sure, it's definitely more of an intuitive thing.
0: Have you ever had any real bad wipeouts on a big wave because i've seen footage of you sort of descending on your backside down the face of what is a rather large wave
5: yeah for sure definitely wipeouts are kind of all a part of surfing in general mm. like um when you're teaching a friend how to surf and they're kind of at the stage where they're feeling a little bit self-conscious because they're falling all the time and people are looking at them well yeah. We fall all the time as professionals, so it's kind of a normal. Right. Um, but in big wave surfing, it's something that I try to avoid at all costs. Yeah. I've had yep. I've had plenty of sessions where I've gone out and ridden four or five really good waves in the course of a few hours and not fallen and not taken any wipeouts or waves on the head. And they've been very successful. Um, but then a lot of those wipeouts, you learn things that you wouldn't learn from... If you didn't have them, so
3: oh. it's all
5: part of it. Like I've had, um, I've broken my shoulder in Mexico on a big wave, Ooh. and I've had some, some really bad um, wipeouts and injuries here at Jaws. Um, but like I said, they're all learning experiences. And if you're not pushing it, then um, you're kind of playing it safe, and that's not usually how I like to do things. So funny, like, Chuck, it's calculated remember, and crazy. <laughs>
0: remember we did the NASCAR show? We talked about the drivers said. If you're not in the red zone, you're not racing. Right. Yeah. Similar, similar yeah. approach and attitude.
1: Yeah, uh, surfers though tend to be. I mean, you guys are. I mean, first of all, there's something wrong with you mentally. <laughs> so Chuck, clearly, Chuck, play nicely. No, nah, I mean, I've, I've, I like, I, I, you weren't here, but I said earlier in the show, I did it once, and that was enough. Because being being dragged along the bottom of the ocean and then come up and you're all you have abrasions. You feel like somebody tried to waterboard you like nature tried to waterboard you. You know, it's like nature hates me. It just tried to kill me. Um, and then and then you guys just get back on and paddle out again. like you, OK, so you're a little crazy. But um, at the same time, there's a real Zen quality that you guys all seem to have about you. Is that because you're always facing impending death?
5: (laughs) Well, not all of my surf sessions are extremely dangerous. Um, That's good to know. After after talking with you guys, I'm going to go get in the water, and it's probably only need a waist high, so it's really small. Um, But, yeah, for sure, in the big wave world, everyone that's riding big waves does have a little bit of a screw loose for sure. You have to have that little bit of, little bit of craziness I guess, but um, I like to say that it's calculated and, like, I'm not just like, those wipeouts for sure happen, but it's one out of ten you know, like, most of my waves that I choose to, to paddle for and try to ride I usually make, so it's um, it's all a part of it. It's like you, the love for the ocean is what drives you and being in the water and riding these waves, you don't get any other feeling like that. And, um, you're riding mo- moving mountains is basically how Ooh, I
0: describe wow, it. Wow. What a great very, way to describe it. Very Paige. Hey, yes. Very poetic. We were told right. that there's a place in Portugal, uh, Nazaire, where the monsters really do rise out of the deep. And they, they can get up to a hundred foot high. Have you ever had the desire to think, yeah, I've got to go there and do that?
5: Um, Nazaré looks like a beautiful place. I, the wave itself um, looks very challenging and scary. It's not a picturesque wave. It's more about riding the biggest wave of your life. Um, right. I'd say ninety-five percent of waves that are big waves that are ridden there are mostly tow surfing toe surfing is um using a jet ski and um there's a tow rope attached to the back of the jet ski so you have a driver that is in charge of putting you on these waves and picking you up and rescuing you from harm's way Mm. and you're Mm. 100 percent relying on your driver to put you in the position on a wave to ride and surf these waves so you're Uh, so you want to
1: make you want to make sure that your relationship with him is definitely in good standing before you go out there
5: yeah for sure 100%. so you're holding onto a tow rope um it's like i don't know 15 to 20 feet long and rely fiber to just put you in the spot and then um you let go and you have enough speed and you're in the right position and you just send it <laughs> Um, wow. It's a little bit different than paddle surfing where you're on a board that's probably four or five times the size as far as volume and you're relying 100% on yourself and all of the lessons that Mother Nature has taught you in the past to position yourself and be in the right place at the right time and to paddle your heart out to catch this wave. So it's a little bit different. You're relying on someone else and a machine to tow you into these into these huge waves. And that happens a lot at Nazare and. Uh, It's absolutely insane. The wave just is a whole nother beef. I'm sure at some point I will end up there. Um, But right now I'm really just focusing on paddle surfing and big waves. That's kind of where I'm trying to um, make my mark.
0: That's pretty cool. All right, before we have to let you go, thoughts and advice for young surfers, and particularly the young female surfers coming through and wanting to be the new Paige Arms. (laughs) Come on, you know they're out there
5: yeah for sure. I'd say if like if it's something that you truly love doing, then pursue it and give it all and um work really hard towards your goals and just believe that anything is possible, and just put your mind to it and your heart to it and work as hard as you can and um you can achieve anything
1: Very inspirational,'t it I tell you, as a young girl, I might go surfing this weekend.
0: you see. <laughs> Going to add another one to the list.
1: <laughs>
0: Page has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for yeah. your time, and we wish you well on the water for whenever time you go out there next, which is in about ten minutes' time, by the sounds of it.
1: Do they still Hopefully. say hang? Do they still say hang loose?
5: <laughs> Not really. Not really. Kinda. <laughs> okay.
1: Do they still do the finger, uh, thumb, pinky wiggle?
5: Yeah, shakas. Yeah.
1: Sure. Okay. So that's that's still cool. But but hang loose. Don't you can't. Nah. Yeah. We d- dated. I, I'm a little dated. I guess I would have to like I have to find somebody named Moon Doggy and and and. and <laughs> don't worry, Paige. We'll we'll talk to him afterwards. Okay.
0: Absolute yep. pleasure. You take it easy. And it's been a thrill to have another female world champion on Playing with Science. Thank you so much.
5: Oh, thanks for your
0: time. This has been our big wave surfing special with professional world champion big wave surfer, Paige Arms, and of course, oceanographer from NASA, Bill Patsats. Hope you've enjoyed it. There'll be plenty more playing with science coming up, I'm sure, very soon.
3: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Races, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
4: In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving.